Hey everybody, thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast, Working Drummer. Today I talked to a very versatile drummer named Dan Sia. I was able to catch Dan before he ended his final contract as a cruise ship drummer and moved back to Las Vegas. He had worked for Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines for 11 years and had to cover every style imaginable behind the kit. He tells us what it's like to live and work on a ship as well as his future plans to move to Las Vegas for bigger and better things. To find out about this podcast and other podcasts, go to workingdrummer.net. Find us on Twitter and Facebook, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes, where you can stream or download episodes. Here's Dan Sia. Whether it's playing time or playing fills, everything has to groove. Yeah. And sometimes you don't, it doesn't, it feels different in the heat of the moment. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I know. And like recording myself, it's like seriously the best thing that like you can do because I feel like... I'm kind of scared to record myself sometimes just because I don't want to have to force myself to listen back and hear yeah. like the mistakes, but like that's, that's really the only way like right. you get better. Um, and, and now there's this trend towards uh, video, uh, making a video of yourself and posting it. And um, we've had a couple discussions with other interviews uh, kind of asking where we think that trend is going, where players think that trend is going. And uh, how old are you? Uh, oh, 35. 35? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stop counting. Okay, sure. So you're a little bit younger than me, so you've got this, uh, uh, you've kind of grown up with the internet, I, I would guess. Yeah, kind of like the, I guess, the late 90s, the yeah. internet started happening. Do um, you feel like that's been an important thing? Like, yeah, definitely. Like, with all the videos that you can watch now, <clears throat> it's like, you just get so many different influences, I feel like. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've just been scouring the internet for just like all these different sources, like from different countries and like, oh, you know, yeah. just like getting, you know, trying to get the groove that it's supposed to actually sound like as opposed to like, you know, you take a lesson from your local teacher who like, okay, the, the samba is, he bases it around like how to, you know, do it in jazz or whatever, but like you can actually go to a more of an authentic source, like a Brazilian like, exactly. samba, you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Um, man, give me your name so we can yeah. get, yeah, get that sure. rolling. What's your name? Uh, Dan Sia. Dan Sia? Yeah. Uh, talking to Dan on the Quantum of the Seas, the cruise ship. Um, I'm on the ship with uh, Savannah Jack. We're doing some shows, so I wanted to sit down with Dan and uh, talk a little bit uh, to him about what he's doing. You can hear a lot of noise on the ship. We're in the theater, probably the quietest place we could find on the ship, and it's still making noise because the seas are rocking. If you hear me barf, uh, I'll try and edit that out. (laughs) Uh, But otherwise, um, uh, thanks, man. Thanks for sitting down and talking to me. Um, Tell me uh, what you do on the ship. How busy um, you are and what, what, what your jobs are. Well, basically, I'm the drummer in the main theater. I play for Mamma Mia. I play for a show called Sonic Odyssey, uh, which is a unique show. It's got a big drum wall feature with 136 drums that I do a big drum solo on. Um, play for all the headliners that come through here. Um, also, We also do big band sets, small combo jazz sets, Latin sets. So we 
kind of do a little bit of everything on this ship. Wow. wow. Yeah. It really covers it. It really covers it all. Yeah, it keeps me on my toes. Like, you know, just you can't get comfortable with one, one thing. You have to, like, be able to branch out and be able to play all these different styles. Right. So right. I love it. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been doing it? Uh, this will actually, in August, it'll be my 11th year. Eleventh year. Eleven years. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you've got some experience. A little bit. Yeah. And 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 do you go by contract? Yeah. Usually they're about like six or seven months long. That you uh, you kind of you know you do one contract, you take a few months off, and you come back on. But okay. This one is uh, going to be my last contract. So. Oh. Yeah. So, so we caught you just in time. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, what are your plans? Uh, Beyond this? Beyond this? I live in Vegas, so I want to go home and just, you know, just get things happening there and establish myself back home. So I know it's going to be one of those things where, you know, you got to start at the bottom, but I'm I'm at that point where I just, I need something new and I'm ready to live in Las Vegas and make it work back home. Yeah, so. yeah. I think that's a really healthy perspective. It's I think that's one thing that's come up time and time again is that, um, in one of the interviews we've had in the past, uh, the drummer said, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Um, well, essentially, <laughs> uh, when you move to a new town, you have to start over. Yeah. Uh, no matter what, how much experience you have, yeah. um, you have to start over. And so I think, is that what you're saying when That's you go back exactly, to Las yeah. Vegas? Like, okay. and, and I've lived there for about five years now, and... It's kind of like, you know, you'll when I'm on vacation, I'll be there for maybe three, four months at a time, and I'll okay. kind of build up, you know, I'm playing with a few guys here, playing with a few guys there, and getting some really good gigs and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then when I leave to come out on the ships, then it, it kind of, you know, you're here for seven months, so people are using other musicians, so they kind of right. forget about you for a bit. So you, every time you go back, you got to start over again, yeah. you know, contact these people. Hey, if you, you ever need someone, right. you know, so yeah, you, you're always starting at the bottom. But this time, I'm going to, I'm hopefully, it's going to, you know, I'll be going home and I'll just work my way up. I know it might take a year, it might take a little bit longer, but I'm ready to make that. Out of sight, out of mind kind exactly. of thing. Yeah. It's, it's that way, I imagine, in every town. I'm uh, sure. But Nashville's the same way. If they don't see you, they figure you, you've either moved away or you've got a road gig yeah. or you've quit. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, there's, and I imagine that Las Vegas is, is the same way. There's many musicians yeah. that if you're not available, they're going to call the next player exactly in line so, okay yeah one of the things i wanted to try and and uh find out from you is is kind of what this gig entails how it came about uh i think uh you've already given me an idea of kind of what some of the demands are uh the variety of styles that you have to play um so anybody that's interested in doing this um, did you have to audition? I'm guessing you yes. did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What so, was that? What was um, it, like? it was, uh, it was really interesting. Um, at the time there was, internet was kind of still like not a big thing. So. It was steam powered. Yeah, exactly. Steam powered. <laughs> so, um, anyway, like, uh, I had a friend who worked on cruise ships and he, he told me that I would probably be a good fit for cruise ships. And, uh, and so I kind of gave it a little bit of thought and, 
and he gave me what, what made him think that you were, would be a good um just what because was your background for that my background was well I, I have kind of a varied background i um studied classical performance uh, so like marimba like timpani all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and but i really had a passion for drum set and i you know i'd played drum sets since i was like about seven or eight years old mm -hmm. and um anyway so i all i wanted to do was perform and um he he we just talked one day and he, he said, I'm going to give you the information like of the people you need to contact for the cruise ships because I really think that this would be a great gig for you. So he gave me their, uh, their phone number. And one day I just kind of built up the courage to give the guy a call. And, uh, and I asked, like, you know, I was just assuming I was just going to ask, like, you know, a few questions like, where do I do auditions and, like, what does the job entail? Yeah. And, uh, he like within two minutes of the conversation asked if I had a drum set there and if I would be willing to do an audition over the phone. Really? So, yeah. So, Sounds like Cindy Blackman's audition. Oh, really? With Lenny Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz. did the same thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was that. So he asked me to play a bunch of different styles like jazz, uh, like samba, um, and, uh, rock, like a little bit of everything, and. Um, so I played all that for him. He said he really liked like my playing, and he asked me to do like a little improv drum solo. Did that, really liked that. Um, and then he said everything's great with that end of things, but I need to see if you can sight read. So um, he uh, like at the time it was like faxes that we were dealing with. Oh yeah, so, yeah, sure. Yeah, so he faxed me the music and um, sight read it for him, and he's like, "Yeah, that sounds great. We want you." And within the next week, I was booked to go to a cruise ship. Wow. Yeah. So, and it was it was an, an amazing run on that ship. It was started in Alaska, then went down to Hawaii, like to the Caribbean. So, I was like ecstatic when I saw that. I was like, "Wow, I'm gonna be doing my dream job and seeing all these places yeah, on my yeah, very first sure. contract." So, for sure. Yeah. So I was super excited about that. Um, and then, yeah, like a few months later, got to the ship. Um, they had been like telling me that the the musical director there is uh he was one of the most difficult in the fleet so just be on your game so yeah. you know i was just like practicing my butt off just making sure my sight reading skills were sharp and stuff mm -hmm. got to the ship and he seemed to like me so that, that was great right, right. but yeah it was a lot of stuff there's like you had to be well versed in like jazz big band stuff uh, you know like the headliners was the hardest thing for me um just because it's a, it was a different headliner that came maybe there was like sometimes two or three that would come per cruise right and you have to learn all this different music like sight read all this stuff they'll just bring you the charts on the day that they're gonna you're gonna be playing their show yeah put it in front of you you have an hour maybe an hour and a half of rehearsal with them mm. um and then you have two shows that you have to perform and make make it sound like you've been playing with these guys for a while right and right so that was the challenge i always i didn't want to be that guy that played the shows and like you know screwed up and made it made the entertainer look like you know a, an idiot or whatever you know i i right. wanted to make these guys shine and so that was always my goal just to to give it my all and right you know, right but. so it as far as the headliners where does the styles, where does the range of styles go from there? 
it's it's everything really yeah. like yeah just um some of them are kind of like you know in the frank sinatra vein like the older big band style mm-hmm. and whatever some of them are more like i guess contemporary like more contemporary music with like i guess motown rock funk all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then you have some um also that like you have to be able to use like click track stuff so um sure like they'll have their show all like set to a click track and you got to be able to you know follow like the metronome right are you using uh, ears for that or are you okay yeah um yeah i just we have to put our in-ears in and just go with the click basically for right yeah. So you're using, uh, I think, what's called an Aviom yeah. in-ear unit. Exactly. Um, uh, you've got the click in there. Do the other players have clicks running as well? Um, yeah. Um, everyone's got their own separate um, click tracks. Well, okay. not click tracks, but their own separate Aviom units. And, uh, so they can mix. Yeah. Right. That's, that's kind of nice. Yeah. Are there any other duties that you have? on the ship Um, when you are on here working as the drummer do they say okay there's also this we need you to do yeah okay well there's swabbing the deck (laughs) yeah right no (laughs) yeah no i would not be here if we had to do that but um are you are you in control of steering because right now it's going (laughs) all over the place man you're not doing your (laughs) i know sorry we'll talk to the captain after this um but what okay extra duties we have like we have to do a weekly thing called a boat drill so we basically kind of like practice uh if the ship is ever going down or something or if there's a fire somewhere we practice what we would do in the event of that emergency and so yeah yeah, usually weekly we have like a two-hour drill where we have to practice our duties so that there's that um Really, that's about it on this ship. I think maybe on other ships there might be a little bit more, but this one is yeah. fairly easy. Yeah, yeah, we just basically do our job playing the music. I've seen that. I, um, I've been on and off the ships for a couple of years now, um, and whenever there's some sort of drill, you see uh, entertainers uh, directing you where to go and, yeah. and uh, that kind of... I don't know, knowing a lot of entertainers uh, and their um, personalities, or it, it kind of scares me to think that <laughs> my life is in their hands. Yeah. <laughs> they're the ones that are going to, they can't tie their shoes, but they're going to be in charge of oh, getting me a life preserver if right. I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I feel like that too, but then like sometimes I feel like in or the maybe real event, do- we'll like, you know, pull it all together and yeah. like take charge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was expecting the audition to be a lot more uh, involved. Than yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but you were ready to go. Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your background. Um, did you grow up in Las Vegas? No, I'm actually Canadian. I was born on the west coast of Canada um, in a town that probably no one's ever heard of. It's called Quenelle, and it's in British Columbia. And then moved up to a town called Smithers, uh, which is even farther up north. And uh, that's basically where I kind of started my drumming. Um, This is so random. I originally wanted to play the banjo because I saw, like, I was watching, um, you know, a children's TV show where they had, like, the... It has a drum head on it. Yeah. It's a good start. Exactly. It was the gateway instrument. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, yeah, and I I actually looked back at the... um, 
the show, and the guy wasn't even playing a real banjo. It was like a cardboard cutout of a banjo, oh. but it like it got me interested for some reason, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah, yeah. to play it so badly. And so I asked my mom if she could put me in like banjo lessons. So she yeah. tried to find a banjo teacher. It was a small town. No one played banjo. So, right. Um, she's kind of man. If you grew up in Tennessee, you, oh yeah, you, you would not be here killing right banjo now. player. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, so a um, couple of months went by. I was I don't know how I started doing it, but I, I just took out like some pots and pans, and I took out some chopsticks, and I was just like drumming away on those. And my mom asked, "Hey, do you want to take drum lessons?" And yeah. So I was like, yeah, okay. And so I started with drum lessons and I loved it. And I, I would just, I had all these cassette tapes that I would just play along to. That was like what I loved to do. You know, like I would yeah. go to the lesson, he would give me all like the rudiments and stuff like that. I, I would practice those a little bit, but I just wanted to play songs. And so I would right. just play along with all sorts of music. And I, I kind of like, I feel like I was listening to a lot of different stuff than most kids my age because I was I was listening to the stuff like that my parents used to listen to like old Buddy Holly stuff and oh, yeah. like just stuff from the 50s and you know all kids my age were probably I don't know what they were listening to at that time but it was <laughs> definitely not Buddy Holly so sure sure but I, yeah that was kind of where I started with that did you were you diving into uh, Latin music or jazz at not that at time? the time it was mostly just like kind of like I guess I guess you would call it like rockabilly or like early rock sure yeah but there's elements of that era that True. have so much swing yeah, yeah, to yeah, it yeah. Um, for sure yeah and then later uh, did you go to did you study obviously you studied in yeah. college so after that um, we were living in Smithers so then we moved to another place called Kamloops which is farther south in British Columbia there. and at that point uh, things kind of started like you know growing musically for me I met um one of my best friends, his name's Chris Rustin. He's like one of these guys that plays everything. He yeah. plays guitar, keys, drums, and like, you know, recording engineer, and he plays them like perfectly, you know? Yeah. And you're just like in awe of how well he can play all these instruments. So, anyway, we met in like the eighth grade, and uh, we just, all we wanted to do was play music together. So, right. like, every minute we had free, like, in, you know, lunch break. We would not even eat our lunch. We would go to the band room. We would jam for, like, yep. an hour. We would go to his place after school. He would come to my place after school. It was yep. just, like, play, play, play. And that's all our lives were about. And right. we, we, like, again, at that time, we got into, like, stuff that no one else was listening to. Everyone was listening to Nirvana. We were listening to, like, Cream and, like, Hendrix. And, yeah. like, you know, it was... I feel like our education came from like even more old, excuse me, more old school like than everyone else did. But I feel yeah. like that helped me in in a way. Like I don't know. I just feel like taking from the old guys kind of allows you to see things in a different perspective. Sure, sure. Well, and I think that if you're say uh, a fan of a, of a newer drummer, and then you find out that he. Uh, he idolized Mitch Mitchell, yeah. and then you go back to find out uh, Mitch Mitchell's influence of you know somebody like Elvin Jones, yeah. and then who was his predecessor. Yeah. You go back, and it leads up to, it, it's, it's this 20th century list of great players yeah. that leads up to what we do now and how we do it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really important, I think, um, 
to uh, not just listen to what's around you, but to, to yeah. dig in, and it's it's nice. And I and it's funny, uh, our uh, the my co-producer that helps me with this yeah. uh, is a friend that I met when I well it wasn't until I was a, uh, a junior in high school, but he's the exact uh, the description that you have of your friend. Yeah. We were the same way. Same thing. Yeah. He played everything. We both played drums in high school, but he played guitar and keyboards and sang yeah. and did all those things. And we just loved music so much. And we dug into all these things that no one else uh, was necessarily interested in. Yeah. But because you love music so much and uh, you have what I call a sponsor, someone that is yep. just geeking out as much as you are so that you know you're not... Uh, some misfit you know uh, yeah, <laughs> you really totally. love music yeah um okay so that was high school yeah and, um so high school um and then after high school i um i applied to a bunch of different schools like to try and get in for like um to like drum set or like jazz or whatever um that didn't work out at first i just were you taking private lessons at the time? I was time? taking private lessons, but um, it was, like, you know, just, like, a great local teacher, but it was just kind of like, you know, it would, uh, I don't know, it was just, I don't even know how to explain it, but it, it just wasn't at a higher level, I guess. And, right. And I felt like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get up to that next level where like you know i hear guys in the recordings they're playing at this level and i feel like i'm not there yet and so anyway that's why i wanted to go to school for um jazz drums or contemporary drums but i didn't really have any like guidance or know where to apply or all this but i didn't end up getting into like music schools for the first two years out of uh, out of my um high school and then finally i just I just kind of like sat myself down and said, okay, like you need to get, I made a list of everything I needed to get together, like my reading, my, my um, uh, like my, what's it called? My skills. Uh, rudiments. <laughs> the rudiments. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, all, like all the basic stuff that is going to help me get into these schools. And um, finally, like got all that stuff together, um, applied to, um, school it was actually uh, a classical um school like where you're learning marimba timpani all that kind of stuff yeah. and um i was kind of pushed by uh, i was working um as like an amateur percussionist at the time in a symphony orchestra in my hometown mm -hmm. and the, the conductor said you should really apply to this school and try to get yeah. in and so i applied finally to that school and i did get in for percussion and so I did a four-year percussion degree oh wow yeah and so I so you spent so so the first two years and then you started over with four-year yeah degree. well I did okay. two years of basically kind of like fluff school it was like no no music stuff it was just like you know just basic academics exactly right. so okay and I and that whole time I was just trying to get my chops up to the level where I could actually okay. get accepted into a school and so it paid off, and I did. Well, that sounds. I mean, I, I. That's great because it shows your determination. Yeah. Like, okay, this is going to take some time. Um, I'm patient. I have the time. I'm going to work on this stuff, and, and I'm going to, you know, set my sights yeah. on what I want to accomplish, and just and do it, and yeah. just not like, well, I can't get into school, so screw it. Yeah. Or I don't have time to wait. You know, if that's what you wanted. Yeah. 
then. I wanted it so badly. Like, yeah. there was nothing else that I wanted to do. There was nothing else that I could see myself doing. And, right. you know, I, I spoke to a whole bunch of people, like... Uh, I always remember my optometrist. He was just—he's one of the, like these cool guys, and he said to me that he's like, "Don't worry that you didn't get into the schools these first two years." He said it took me like about four years to get into like the school that I wanted to get into, and he's like, "Just keep trying for what you want." And so I was just like, "You know what? I'm just gonna—I'm gonna do yeah. this because yeah. this is what I want." So perseverance and exactly. determination and yeah. all that stuff. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, that's so awesome. I just went for it and finally got accepted, and it was it was great. Um, I where was the school? It was called the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was such a learning experience because you know I always played drum set and percussion was kind of like secondary to me, and at this point for the next four years percussion was my main thing and you know drum and set kind of took a back seat but I feel like having all that stuff really helped and influenced like my drum set playing in the end yeah. like once I came back oh, to yeah. the drum set right so did I, you enjoy learning mallets and I loved it yeah. yeah like one of my favorite thing instruments to play is uh is the vibraphone I actually uh, oh cool yeah I ended up buying one years later and Still got it at home, and it's kind of a cool one. Uh, it's it's not a typical one with the rotators. It's got pickups in the bars, and cool. it's like got a, an actual effects processor in it. So nice. yeah, it's pretty cool. But it's not a MIDI controller. Um, it also is oh, a no, MIDI controller is. as well. But it's it's the actual. Um, it's like an actual vibraphone with like the, the same type bars, and yeah. you know, it, it looks exactly like a vibraphone, but it's just got pickups instead of. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's so. cool. I saw uh, a guy playing a MIDI controller in the Seattle airport, and uh, maybe it was Portland. Uh, but man, it was so cool. And oh, yeah. He would run all these effects through and was playing four mallets. Oh, just wow. set up in the middle of the airport. That's so cool. Selling a big stack of CDs. Yeah. You know, it was it was crazy cool. Um, it, it's always interesting to me because I, when I studied, uh, I did lots of multi-percussion and mallets, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I enjoyed the music that I could make as a drummer, the melodic music that I can make yeah. from it. I, f- I felt empowered by that. And I, I guess I also bought into the idea that anything else that I learned outside a drum set would complement my playing as a drum set player, yeah. which is ultimately what we all are, what we all gravitate towards, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, and I know that not everyone feels that way. Uh, and I, there's some great players that I know that, that went to school and they, they were said, Hey, you've got to do this. You've got to learn to play percussion. And they're like, no, no, that's not my thing. Right. Drum set is my thing. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Uh, and so they, they, they refocused or they went to a different school and it worked out fine for them. Yeah. So I don't know. Everybody has a different way to getting, you know, to get yeah. where they, what they're going. Um, so when you audition, so it seemed like all this perseverance and determination, it, it ended up with a phone call. Um, were there any other, and you've been doing this for 11 years. Yeah. Has there been any other time? Because I imagine, because I know you've been on multiple ships, because mm-hmm. the ship we're on now is less than a year old. Yeah. So how many ships have you been on? 
Do you know? Um, have you lost track? Yeah, I have lost track, but I'm gonna <laughs> say around maybe maybe ten or okay, yeah, something like that. Based on your work experience, has it always been with Royal Caribbean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, just, I've been comfortable with them, and they've always been good to me. So I just you know yeah, stick with them. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. Uh, I've been on the Princess Cruise Lines a couple times with Savannah Jack, and uh, I worked on a Norwegian ship for a week, uh, many moons ago. <laughs> and uh, but Royal Caribbean is, I think they're great. Have you had to audition again, or? Um, yeah, um, I've had some, I remember it, it was a little bit different, uh, in Las Vegas when I first moved there about five years ago, there was a show called The Platters, The Coasters, and The Marvelettes, and, um, the drummer for that show was needing a sub, and... Remember it, his name? Yeah, Billy Carmody, um, he's, he's still around in Las Vegas, and he's, yeah, he's a really cool guy, he's always hooking me up with gigs, so, yeah. um, but yeah, it, it was just so random, actually, how we met each other. It was like it was through my wife because at the time she was um, she was a singing cocktail waitress at the Rio, and um, this is where the show was. <laughs> uh, and so, anyway, on his break, he was just sitting there. She came around, served him, and for some reason, they got into a conversation about he was a drummer. And um, she's like, "Oh, my husband's a drummer as well." And um, he's like, "Oh, really? Well." Um, give me his information because I'm always looking for subs. Mm -hmm. So she gave him, um, she had my card and she gave him my card and I ended up getting a call from him and he asked me if I was able to like maybe come talk to him and just, you know, he wanted to, he wanted me to come down to a jam session that he was hosting just so he could see my playing. Yeah. So I went down to the jam, we met and we talked, um, he obviously like my playing that night and so he uh had me come to the shows his shows a few times uh watch um the show like just kind of from different angles watch what he was doing then he um decided he would take give me a video of the performance and he wanted me to just like look at all the actions he like highlighted everything that the singers and dancers were doing that kind of like cued him to like do cutoffs or certain things like that and so it's more than just learning the songs exactly. there was actually a show a yeah set it was show like it was that like required video yeah exactly for you to see yeah. and so yeah he um he went over all the stuff that i needed to do oh yeah and i forgot to mention that he was the band leader, so I would essentially become the band leader for that night or wow. whenever I'm taking okay. over. So I had to know my stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, um, I studied the video, and then just before the performance, like maybe a few days before the performance, he had me come to his house and go over, like play along with the video and like make sure I'm doing all the cuts and cues, like when the singers were doing okay. it and all that stuff. Okay. So, um, and then after that, it was up to me, like a couple days later, I did the show and I was in the, in the, in the seat and had to make it work and everything turned out like fine. And, yeah. and they, they complimented me on, you know, and I also forgot to mention no rehearsal with the band. It was right. just, I walked in and just played the yeah. show. So I really had to study up and, you know, it's like one of those things I never want to make a fool of myself. So whatever I have to do, whatever, the yeah, amount of yeah, time yeah. I have to put yeah. in to, to make that not happen. Right. That's what I have to do. So it's, it's interesting because, uh, we've had this conversation with multiple people that, 
sometimes when you go to sub, there is no audition or there's no rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you only get a set list. Yeah. Of course, with material accessible online, yeah. there's really no CD or tape that you get anymore. Yeah. Here's the set list, especially if it's covers. Yeah. Um, and you just you go in and, and you do it. But here, because of the arrangement of the yeah, show. It was a full on production show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to be okay. So that must have been not too long ago. Yeah, that was about I'm gonna say five years ago, something like okay. that. And have you done other shows with them during um, that time after that one performance? Yeah, I so. I only did ended up doing one more show and and that was about it. And then I came and took a cruise ship contract after that. I see, so I see. It took you out. Yeah. Is there anything when you got on the ship that you just were unprepared for or, or maybe was a surprise that, that you w- didn't expect, musically or unmusically? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough question. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess... I guess the lifestyle, first of all, was like a huge surprise to me because it's different than anything I've yeah, ever experienced. Yeah, could you talk a little bit about that? Because especially sure. for anyone that's interested in doing this, uh, it's it it is completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, okay. So this is your home for like the next seven months. This is like where you work, where you play. Your friends are here. Like you, you're. Basically, okay, say you have an office job on land and you can never leave the office and you're always with your coworkers and like you're living at your job. That's basically what you're doing here. You're you're living at your job. So, um you have to get used to that fact. It's kind of it's kind of not easy for everyone because normally at home you do your job, you go back home, you know, you you escape your work. But here you're at work 24/7. So, yeah. That's kind of an interesting little thing at first. But today, you had time to talk to me, and you don't have anything until about oh, yeah. 7.30. Right. So how are you using your time, like, like as, as far as, like, a snapshot um, of a, a day like today? A snapshot of my day, would I, would, I like to practice, so I've, I usually, here's kind of my day. I'll wake up, go to the gym, uh, the, then after that, like, you know, go to the mess where they've got some food it's usually like not the greatest food but <laughs> whatever it, right. it's food and it's free and you don't have to pay for it right, so right. that's kind of cool um and then after that i've got like kind of practice routines on my on the drums that i go through every day just to keep where, do practice? Up. where do you practice um on this ship there's kind of like two places that i can practice there's in the pit underneath the stage um mm-hmm. They have like electronic drums down there, and then when they've got this Sonic Odyssey set up, there's like the drums up here on the stage um, that I can practice on during the day if there's nothing going on in the theater. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice. So um, another electronic kit yeah. that you have access to. Um, like as far as you know, if you're a drummer or a musician coming on a cruise ship and trying to figure out like practicing and stuff, um, there's not always going to be a drum set available for you to practice on um so you kind of have to get creative and what i've always done what it was i would i bought myself a uh, dw dw practice go anywhere practice kit they're just basically practice pads that you can set up in the form of a drum set yeah and you can practice it anywhere because for me i just 
I I'm kind of addicted to practicing, and I, if I don't practice, I just it's, I feel it. I'm like going through withdrawals, and like I feel horrible, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I need to practice, and I I feel like my performance suffers too if I don't practice. Sure. But anyway, that was like the if you're gonna come on a cruise ship, that's the best investment to get because you can set that thing up anywhere and just practice at any time. Do you share a room with somebody? On this ship, uh, like it varies from ship to ship, but the, some of the newer ones, the musicians have these things called um, single shares, which is, it's basically on one side, it's your tiny closet of a room, which it's fine, it's your own space. And then you, uh, you share the middle section, which is the bathroom. It's kind of like a toilet, shower, all in one. And then, <laughs> yeah. That sounds it, awful. It sounds horrible, and it is horrible. <laughs> Uh, sink, toilet, <laughs> pretty much. shower. You can do it all, right? Yeah, right. Uh, drinking fountain. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. <laughs> but and then on the other side of that, there's the other guy's cabin. So. Okay. But on uh, a typical like smaller ship, uh, you share with another roommate, like a bunk bed situation. So. And where's your practice pad um, set up? So. Like when I, I, I on this ship I'm lucky I don't have to set it up because they've always got the um, the electronic drums set up. For okay. It. So okay. Um, I can always practice on those. But on uh, other ships I kind of like the day that I get there I kind of like go searching around in kind of like the theater area search around for like spots that I feel like I could set up the practice pad set and it oh, wouldn't yeah. get in anyone's way and oh yeah yeah so it's just kind of like anywhere you can find the space to practice I sure think. yeah sure. Um, and what are you practicing uh, how do you spend your time practicing? um I practice a little bit of everything um like I've been uh, working on a lot of like uh, some just kind of like working myself through books what I've kind of decided to do was take a book and practice from beginning to end of the book because a lot of times I used to find myself taking a, a, you know one book from this style one book from this style and I before you know it I have like 10 books that you know I'm trying to work out of and I never get through anything you know it's like i'll, oh, I'll play like one right. page and then i'll never see that book for like weeks and right, weeks and right. so I, I a couple of years ago i was like okay let me just try this let me try starting at the beginning and trying to work my way to the end and right yeah it's just i don't know i just yeah, well, kind of any like, books in particular like that you've like this is great i've got so much out of this um not that we're promoting anything yeah, but yeah. I, I like that idea i've done the same thing where i'll start on something and and uh, you know, I'll work on a section of a book, and then I'll get you know interested in something. It's been a while since I've I've spent any time on any, on any books to any great extent, but I'm kind of hoping to have some time to invest. So I, I like that idea. Start at the beginning. The author had this in mind. Look, yeah. Start at the beginning. Go through to the end. You're going to get this out of it. So. So, well, the one right now that I'm kind of um, really focusing on is, uh, it's a book by this guy, um, I think he's from, like, Scotland. His name is Kev O'Shea, and uh, it's called Filling Time. And it's basically, I was looking for something, like, because I love listening to gospel drummers. And, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, um, I love, like, all that gospel chop stuff or whatever. But anyway, he kind of, like, put together a book showing like the bits and pieces of like the stuff that they are using in their playing and mm. so it takes you through like you know stuff you can use in as far as like drum fills drum soloing like how they're kind of coordinating their hands and feet and stuff like that 
and then it also goes into like um, you know just different style grooves that they use. So it just kind of breaks down their style a, a little bit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I would recommend it. It's a really cool book to. And what say it again? What's it's called? Filling time. Filling time by Kev O'Shea. Kev O'Shea. Yeah. Okay. So that's right now. That's really kind of what I'm just kind of focusing on. Nice, but man. yeah. Nice. But then, other than that, you know, I'm just doing a lot of listening and, and just listening to a lot of different players. Like I've kind of recently got into uh, just a lot of Buddy Rich stuff. You know, oh. I feel like a lot of people kind of look at him and like I've heard so many people say that his playing is just oh yeah, he's just like a showman and like he plays way too much and this and that. But I just. I listen to him, and he can play everything, every style, just so cleanly. <laughs> so, like, he plays it the way I want to play it. And sure, why not? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, tell me, uh, I guess one last thing I want to talk about is just the show that you're doing tonight. I want to get some pictures, and I want to come see you play. Sure. Um, it's called Sonic Odyssey. Sonic Odyssey. Yeah. Okay. And so. Yeah. So we've got picture. Got like the largest gong ever made yeah. on the ship. Yes, it's huge. Which is apparently the largest symphonic gong uh, in the world. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, you're up on this huge riser, probably about ten feet in the air, yeah. uh, electronic kit, and they've got this stringed instrument. They call it the Earth Harp. The Earth Harp. Oh wow, that's fine. There's Eric. <laughs> um. So maybe real quick, maybe you could tell me sure. kind of what that is. Um, so yeah, Sonic Odyssey is a show uh, built around um, like all these unique instruments created by this guy who uh, his name's William Close. He was the uh, semi-finalist, I think, runner-up in uh, America's Got Talent. And so yeah, they kind of they pitched this show and um, Royal Caribbean decided they wanted to do this show and highlight all these unique instruments and um, so that, yeah they've got some other cool things that you can't see on the stage right now but um, I'll be playing a, a thing called a, an instrument called a drum wall and there's about 136 drums and yeah I get to play like about a 10 minute solo with like dancers hanging down and like playing on the drums as well who wouldn't love that yeah it's really it's awesome. cool so yeah it's it's a pretty pretty unique feature and that's why i really wanted to take this um this contract because oh, it just wow. featured me in such a big way so that's awesome yeah and, yeah it's a really you got I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna have access to video maybe and stuff like that yeah to take with you to definitely Las yeah Vegas. do you think you'd want to do a show like this when you're back in love Las to Vegas? do a show like this yeah okay yeah so you think theater shows might be something you'll do in Vegas or are you just kind of like whatever I'm the kind of guy that wants to play everything so um, I you know I've played a lot of theater I've played uh, for Chicago the musical I've played uh, Hairspray the musical yep. now I'm also on this ship doing Mamma Mia so I love playing musical theater stuff as well as you know just getting to play any other style out there so yeah, yeah. I'm kind of one of those guys that wants to do it all sure yeah awesome well, sounds like you are, man. You've got some good experience doing it. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think they're getting ready for some rehearsal or yeah, show no, or something. I think they like have that. a crown and anchor. Crown and anchor. How you doing, Mark? Matt. He's the drummer in Savannah Jack. Oh, nice. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk to Dan here and <laughs> pick his brain about what he's doing with 
Yeah, he's wailing on a wall. It's pretty nice. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, I mean, I'll wrap it up. Um, thank you, Dan. Yeah, no, thank, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.